All right, well, we're doing it. My name's Allison Voidovich. I am Allie Toons. Welcome back to All Is On with the Allisons. Allie Toons is definitely more the research type. I'm not an idiot, but she definitely prepared way more for this episode than me, so. <laughs> but the point of the podcast is that our name is the same. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the All Is On podcast. You're here with Allison W and Allison Toombs. <laughs> What's up? AKA Allie Toombs. She goes by Allie, just so you are a little less confused. <laughs> yes, it does help a little bit. It's a different name than the other, but the point of the podcast is that our name is the same. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. So, today we're super excited about this. We were just geeking out before yeah. we started recording. Um, Ali had this idea, uh, it's called dark tourism, and I had never actually heard that phrase before she brought it up. Like, I kind of inherently knew what it was, but Ali, do you have like a good explanation for people who aren't familiar? Yes. I do. So dark tourism, did a lot of research on this. Um, I'll kind of go into, you know, once we get a website or a blog up going, I'll post all of the links to all of that. But my interest in it started with a YouTube uh, series called dark tourism. Super interesting, really good. I got some of my information from that um, as well as just kind of just a general Google search as well as there's actually a dark tourism.com, which is so interesting. And to geek out even more, there's whole like, professors and doctorates of people that just study this so there's like a stanford department and a harvard department and some of the stuff i looked at i think i got from oxford and there's literally just people that study dark tourism and why it's important why it happens how we kind of deal with it and it's super fascinating so a 2019 article from the washington post uh, defined dark tourism as Visiting places where some of the darkest events of human history has unfolded. That can include genocide, assassination, incarceration, ethnic cleansing, war, or disaster. And that the disasters can be either natural or accidental. So think of any horrible thing that's ever happened in humanity. And surprise, there's a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And think about kind of making that a place that you want to go visit. So some of my, the most basic examples that I think of are um, the 9-11 memorial um, Mm -hmm. here in the United States, which is actually a beautiful museum and a beautiful memorial. Um, I highly recommend visiting if you haven't, Um, as well as there's a memorial for the Oklahoma City bombing that I visited. Um, (laughs) Then, you know, just things like that, places that maybe you visited where people have died or like a church or, you know, it could literally be anything from seeing someone's grave to, you know, mass graves or a war, um, like a battlefield, you know, if you've ever been to like Bunker Hill, Oh gosh, you, you know, just, just things like that. It, it dark tourism can be anything. And it's not all considered quote dark, right? And I think the darkness or seriousness of the situation has to do with the relativity of the people that are visiting to it to the time. So like I have been to Bunker Hill or not Bunker Hill. I've been to crap. I just looked it up. I've been to one in Philadelphia, outside Philadelphia. That's beautiful that I can't remember the name of. (laughs) 
and it, it, it was, um, I think it was a Revolutionary War site. Absolutely beautiful. It's really going to bother me. Anyway, I've been there, and it's gorgeous. They have a beautiful monument. But, like, people were there taking pictures, laughing. But that's because all of, you know, the people that died during that war were so long ago. It seems so distant. Right. Whereas um, there wasn't, when I went to the 9-11 memorial, there wasn't, like, a lot of laughing. Right. There wasn't, like, a lot of, you know, I personally cried my eyes out when I was there just thinking about those people. But it's a little bit more recent. I was five when 9-11 happened. You were probably Yeah, I was six. Yeah. Yeah. So it's more recent. You we know, just aged ourselves. Yeah. Um, sorry. Call the cops. <laughs> um, sorry. Yeah. I just wanted to throw in there too. Like I was, mm-hmm. I was curious cause like I'm looking at a lot of this and it is more like historically based tourism. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also pictured when you talked about it as a subject, like when I went to Edinburgh, Scotland, like we went to what is claimed to be the most haunted graveyard in the world. And like that very much felt like a dark tour thing because it's not so much like any yes. particular bad thing happened here but there's these mm-hmm. corpses from like the 1400s hanging it's out spooky. and people claim to see all these like poltergeists and stuff wandering yes. at night so that definitely that, feels like a, a type too that's a facet of dark tourism that'll get into with the different categories of dark mm. tourism but uh, another side i'm completely fascinated by and another one that like people have done like in the town we grew up in they had ghost tours of downtown round rock Mm -hmm. it was like haunted and the buildings were old and there was a gun you know there's a bullet hole from that big shootout yeah you know all that stuff so it's just super fascinating but dark tourism is not a new thing people have always been fascinated with death and dark things for generations you know from hangings in town squares in the 1600s to beheadings uh, and lynchings, like crowds have always been around seeing fucked up shit happen, right? Yeah. Like, did and you know we people watched the second plane fly in? To yeah, it's that weird the, thing the where like towers, everyone's like terrified of death. Watching, yeah, and because yeah, people are scared. And when I go into why dark tourism kind of is happening and the psychology behind it. The theory is it's kind of like you putting yourself in their shoes and like trying to feel what they're feeling and what you would do. Um, it's kind of one facet of dark tourism psychology that I think is interesting. But yeah, if you want more inter- information on more historical elements of like death and dark things, there's a really great episode of a podcast called Morbid that I've been listening to. And they are, episode 13 is on torture and they go into like further, more historical elements of like exactly what happened and why people are so fascinated in it. Um, but uh, even in the more, I have this written down too, even more recently, people have always been interested in going to the sites of murders. So here in the United States, we have the Valencia Axe murders where the crime scene was actually compromised because people wanted to see the bodies. Um, or there's another murder that I think is very interesting called the Lawson family murders where people would go to the house and one of the daughters who was killed that day baked a cake because it was Christmas and people would take raisins off the cake and be like, take it home and be like, this is a raisin from the murder house. That's so, so crazy. People, isn't that crazy? It's so fascinating to me. Or like, think about, hey, you know, I took this brick from Ed Gein's house. Oh my or God. Or whatever the case might be, which Ed Gein is fascinating. But it's just Shit. so interesting to me that people would do that. And then you sit there and you go, well, why would they do that? And then you hear me go, oh man, Ed Gein's really interesting. And yeah. I, you know, <laughs> that's, it's just, 
yeah, just to like butt in there, you're having me think about um, there was a serial killer in the Chicago area. I cannot remember his name. Last podcast on the left did a really good series on Is him. Is he older? Is he the devil in the white city? Is it? Um, it might be him. He like built a fun house that was like a killing yes, house. Uh, yes. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm Googling it, everyone. Yeah. So as she's Googling it, but basically it was this interesting thing where like this guy essentially built a murder museum. And after it was found out, people were like going to the that house and like wanting to dig up the corpses and like yes. find the shit because okay. they were just like, whoa, how did he trick so many people? into coming into this house and just dying <laughs> and it was this whole thing where like once the town found out it was an uproar and that became a huge tourism spot and that's just one example Allie and I growing up in Texas like I remember hearing from my aunt like her and her friends used to dare each other to see who could get close enough to the house where the chainsaw massacre supposedly happened oh yeah you know I remember that too his name is H.H. Holmes. I H. H. Holmes. Lot better for looking Duh. at it. It was driving me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Last podcast on the left does have a really good episode, as well as Lore. Lore is a really good episode on H.H. H. Holmes. Um, and also, Eric Eric Larson, I believe, is the author. Yes, Eric Larson wrote Devil in the White City, which is That's what it was. Okay. Highly recommend. Yeah. Hopefully becoming a movie soon. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. I didn't know that people wanted to, like, dig up the bodies. That's... People I mean, were like, yeah. But like, think think about it, right? We're fascinated with H.H. H. Holmes. If you were to go to Chicago, I would probably be interested in going to see where the murder house was just to see and think, oh my God, this crap actually happened and it happened like right here. I wonder if you know? part of that is like, I mean, I know you have some research on the psychology, but me as someone mm -hmm. who didn't do her homework today, <laughs> um, it's <laughs> the, the first impulse I have of people being fascinated with this stuff is like, at least... The, the reason why people are so like interested in serial killers is like, how did someone come up with this and then get away with it? Mm -hmm. And it's yes. like, it, like it's, yes. it's just the fascination of, I think so many people who don't commit crimes like that of any sort, whether it's the twin towers, some more terroristic warlike versus murder mm -hmm. things. Like it's just the thing where like, as a normal person who grew up in suburbia, like mm -hmm. I'm not having those fantasies. So it's just so interesting to imagine being in such a different why, place. Why does someone have those fantasies? Like, what causes that to happen, right? And the truth is, is no much research we do and the conclusions we come to, we're probably never going to know. Are we going to know why Ted Bundy murdered so many women? The theory is about the first girlfriend that he had, and she had the part that broke up with him, and she had the part down with the brown yeah. hair on both sides, and a lot of victims looked very similarly. But, like, no matter how much research is done, I just feel like, we're never truly going to know because the only person who's going to know is Ted Bundy and whatever God you believe in. For sure. So. Yeah. He's like, he's, I mean, just not to get stuck on Ted Bundy. He's like one of the ones that is most fascinating too, because he had what everyone would have considered a normal life. Like most of these serial killers yeah. are the nature versus nurture thing where it's like, yeah. okay, they're kind of born fucked up, but then their parents also suck. So like it turns well, them into a serial killer. Whereas he like his, didn't have that as much. Right. 
as a little bit. He actually, um, I am actually reading the new last podcast on the left book about Ted mm. amongst other serial killers. Highly recommend. Um, anyway, this podcast has now become the last podcast on the left. Uh, yeah, this is just podcast. a fan, a fan <laughs> podcast. <laughs> this is just a fan podcast. Um, but I was reading their book, and it turns out that he actually kind of had a fucked up childhood in the sense that, like, his mother had him very young, and so his grandparents adopted him as his own, and he was raised to think that his mother, his sister his mother was his sister and didn't find out till later on oh that he actually was his mother was like that's what kind of developed his women complex because he thought his mother was like a whore oh god um, having sex outside of marriage and stuff on top of that so that's kind of the nature element of uh ted bundy but Aside from that, if I remember correctly, and again, I might be wrong, I might be confusing him with somebody else, but when he was three years old, his aunt woke up to Ted looking at her and had knives surrounded around her that Ted had laid around her. What? So, and I'm pretty sure I read that in the last podcast in the left book. If it's another serial killer that I'm thinking of, please let me know. Um, don't yell at me and tell me how horribly wrong I am. I'm just on <laughs> <sound> memory here. <laughs> um but yeah, so I think I think just people are interested in why somebody does that. And mm-hmm. I think, at least in my case, I've done a lot of like self-reflection on like, why? Because you know, Cody, my poor fiance is like, why are you so interested in the fucked up? <laughs> and I'm like, I think it's a distraction for me because when I was growing up, I always knew I wanted to listen. So I was really into like medical TV shows and researching all this medicine, medical stuff. And now that I'm older, I'm in medicine. I'm like, that's my whole life. I need something else. Mm. So I think researching this stuff is kind of a distraction and a coping mechanism for me. Um, I wonder if it's also a thing where people are like feeling that they're fucked up and then they look up this stuff and they're like, oh, well, at least I'm not that fucked up. (laughs) I I think that too. I think, I think maybe in some instances, that's the way it is. Um, And I, I think this kind of revolution of interest in true crime and people kind of being more interested in it, I hope will spark people's and spark people to get mental health yeah i had a similar you know maybe not like i anxiety and depression it's okay that you're feeling these things it's not okay that you act on those things Mm -hmm. i i I think that's i think there's that and i think it's it's the fact that we have so many ways to share this information now too. Like, I mean, think about it. The last hundred years totally shifted what we knew about all of this stuff. Like a hundred years ago, if I'd gone to Edinburgh, I probably wouldn't have known anything about that cemetery, but because we had Google, we knew about it. And Mm -hmm. so it's like this, this interesting thing that's I think helping people um, by understanding all of the bad stuff that we've done. (laughs) It's helping us to like, prevented in the future or at least yes. be more aware of someone else do is doing it you know whether it's yeah. planning a terrorist attack or being mm-hmm. a weirdo and killing people or like um you know anything in between arson like all that stuff just mm-hmm. being able to better detect it and protect ourselves and others yes. and and yeah like you said prevent it from happening <laughs> by being nicer to everyone <laughs> yes 
And I liked, uh, this is random, but going back, my favorite murder, the first episode, they were like, if we talk about this stuff, does that mean it's more likely to happen? <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 it's, it's like warding off evil spirits. Like, if we, if we see it happening, then we'll prevent it. Like, putting it out there. I think that's kind of an interesting, even though I think they were just kidding, I think that's kind of an interesting way of putting it out there. Like, oh, it's not taboo. It's not just like a thing we keep in the closet. It's something we talk about now right it's not okay and we need to fix it right right so anyway that's kind of a long tangent on that and i want to go have full episodes on the psychology on why we romanticize serial killers and yeah all that stuff i think that's so freaking fascinating and i also the truth is i think serial killers and other people who commit crimes are fascinating I oh for sure because they are so one thousand percent different from me right um but then, you know, in some ways, you're like, you know, oh, shit, you know, um, I think um, Jeffrey Dahmer actually had a pretty normal childhood, mm-hmm. right? His dad is really supportive of him, of him being interested in science and all this stuff. And my parents were supportive of that, too. Why did he end up eating people and wanting to create a zombie army? And why am I a nurse? Right. <laughs> it's, it's just so strange. So anyway, it's a good way to get put back it. To, dark tourism in the various categories so i got a lot of this information from darktourism.com which is fascinating and amazing it gives you a whole list of every country and different dark tourist sites that you can visit in that country and for bigger countries such as the one we live in it goes state by state and lists or province by province or whatever and lists different places that you can go it also discusses the definition Um, and one of the most important things that you'll also get into is the etiquette of dark tourism and like don't take a selfie with John F. Kennedy's grave. You know, just like little <laughs> things like that. It, it goes into detail about what's appropriate to do, what's not appropriate. I want to meet the person important. who's just like, oh my God, there's Ed Gein, selfie. <laughs> I know. I oh know. And like, I was, so I went to, um, where did I go? I went, oh, I really like American history. And we went to DC when I was like probably 14 or 15. And we saw where George and Martha Washington are buried. It's like kind of like an open mausoleum type thing with the mm-hmm. gate. And you look in and there are two like marble caskets and one says George and one says Martha. And that's, I think that's really cool. But like people were like, let's get a selfie. And we're like turning around and taking a picture. And I felt very strange about that. I yeah. I don't want to look back at this picture and be like, here's me and George Washington. I just hope, like, like, I just hope that all of those selfies had, like, ghosts of George and Martha, like, mooning them (laughs) in the background. Yeah. Yeah. A giant thumb, like, middle middle finger. finger. Yeah. so funny i hope so that would be amazing martha washington amongst i think i saw jfk i think he's buried in arlington cemetery my brother just saw jimmy hendrix in seattle um have you seen any cool graves interesting cool graves okay (laughs) cool graves tourist yeah no i haven't gone um to any super like uh famous person graves that i can think of um well we just talked about before we started recording we did go to where shakespeare you and i did see that one yeah and the one upon avon um but we didn't actually i think if i remember correctly you can't it's really hard to find his grave yeah i don't know if it's unmarked or yeah, yeah but we were definitely in the graveyard where he was buried and we found his wife and his daughter's tombstones yeah um but yeah that was super interesting that's definitely the one that 
I remember the most as far as like a celebrity grave. Yeah. Um, weird. But like people do that. They'll be like, we're going here. Let's go look at this grave. Or in our hometown, um, the off, I think it's, no, I don't remember. Sam Bass. Sam Bass. Oh, it's Sam Bass Road. Duh. Sam Bass Road is Sam Bass is buried there. Yeah. Yeah. You can go and people go and put stuff on his grave and everything. Which is also interesting. Yeah. Cause like he's literally the one who was killed in the famous shootout that the ghost tour that you mentioned earlier would go visit because he was, a, I, like, he was a, he was a notorious cowboy who would, was, he, was, he was a right? bank he robber. Was bad. He yeah, was a he notorious was like bank robber. And, and so much Abe shit is named after him. Yeah, wasn't A.W. Grimes the sheriff? I think so, yeah. I think so, because they're both named in our town, which we yeah. live on the west side of town, which was the poor Sam Bass side, and mm-hmm. A.W. Grimes is on the east the side east of town. The east side, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Super, anyway, but that just shows you that people get really into it. I think it's more historical, excuse me, recognition and understanding and yeah, but that's just so funny. Like, that's funny how, like, people's opinion on certain crimes changes throughout history, too, right? Oh, because yeah. it's, like, back in the day, if you were, like, a cowboy bank robber, like, A.W. Grimes was out there to get you, you know? In Texas, yeah. it was, like, it was like I'm here out here with my boys. We're Texas Rangers. Here, we're going to go, we're gonna, <laughs> yeah, we're going to go shoot this Sam Bass character. And then you shoot him out in the middle of the town and leave a bullet hole Literally, the there was a shootout in the middle of downtown Round Rock. Everywhere. Yes, on Main Street. holes in the buildings yeah that's the town we come from <laughs> but it's understand. just <laughs> it's just so funny because you hear that now and you're like bank robber like lol who would even do that right I know, like right security is so different now and like you think about mm-hmm. all of the other crimes that have been brought to light since then to where it's like wow if someone steals money from a bank it's like all right dude like i guess he just gained the system a little bit you know no one's really like mm-hmm. scared of a bank robber anymore they're just like oh no he just wants money yeah. give him money and he'll leave exactly. and, go away yeah yeah it's it's totally different but there also wasn't known serial killers exactly too yeah because h.h holmes i think kind of was like the first one in the united states that people kind of started to know at least from like the podcast and stuff that i've listened to feel free to let me know if there are earlier serial killers i want to research them yeah absolutely Um, so there's grave tourism there's holocaust tourism which for me i think is important because when you you kind of pay homage to the people that were in the Holocaust. We went to the Holocaust Museum in DC, partially out of fascination, but for me, it was a lot of like, it's my right as a person to see what these people went through and to like think about them if that makes sense. Like, yeah, and not to like derail it too much or anything, but it's just like, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where the Holocaust was, um, besides like what happened in in uh soviet union like that was one of the biggest known genocides worldwide that everyone understood again partially because of technology right like you know genghis Genghis khan fucked shit up too but that was you know way before anyone could really talk about it Mm -hmm. so it's like you know we and the holocaust is the first thing like where it was fascinating to those of us on the west side of the world who truly didn't know well like we didn't know that this dude in europe was just like conveyor belting Mm -hmm. people to die and it was happening for years and so when we discovered it i think there was a level of national shame because it was like oh we didn't like we we knew it was bad we knew it was bad we didn't know it was this bad and i think like 
having and that the Holocaust Museum, by the way, in DC is beautiful. Like it's highly amazing. recommend. And they actually so do well done. they do put you through kind of like one of like they hand you a card of like one of the people that was um oh, in in the camps. Yeah. Like I still have mine. I think it's actually sitting right over here next to me. But um and and it just like tells you the story my, of this person like stuff, yeah yeah and and it's interesting um uh, again not to derail it too much but like you look at things like the holocaust and everyone getting mm -hmm. so um upset once it's discovered like we do need to take this fascination and use it for good because good um yes. because like uh, this is a thing that most people in at least in my sphere of influence probably have no idea about like there's basically that going on in India right now in 2020 like there is mm -hmm. basically a muslim holocaust happening in India right now and I didn't know that. Yeah, See, I and didn't like, know that. and we don't talk about it you know so it's it's things where like yeah we're well, fascinated I, by it, it but we need to learn That's how to also be Western culture and media. I think, exactly. What they think is going to sell. Exactly. Um, and it's like, we and ultimately need to... everything, ever, all news has taken a backseat to coronavirus update. Right. It's still Rona 2020. It's still Rona 2020. Recording. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, that's just, that, that's a tangent, but it was just like a point that I think it's cool that we are like turning the page and shedding light on these issues. But like, we can't assume that now that we know about them, they're not still happening. We need to get better with this fascination of like applying it to right now and finding those yes. things that are happening right now and mm -hmm. stopping them before they continue to be just exactly. as bad. <laughs> exactly. And that kind of leads into um, the next round of tour dark tourism, which is genocide tourism, mm. which goes into, I believe it's, I know there was genocide in Rwanda, but there was also genocide in other places of the world very recently, not that long from now or not that far, not, not that far away. Not right. That long I mean, ago. it also depends on how you define genocide, right? Because, like, if we're mm -hmm. talking Japanese internment camps in America, that was, you know, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, it, it's so true. Um, and the, again, each of these could be their own <laughs> episodes because they're fascinating. But I'll kind of blow through the rest of them. We've got prison and persecution tourism, mm -hmm. cult of personality tourism, which I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah, well, a little bit more research, and it's basically kind of like tourism for interesting leaders so that tv show that i had talked about um dark tourism the first episode they go to a sit the city where pablo escobar is from oh my gosh a lot of people still completely idolize him because he brought revenue to their poor town yeah and he's still doing that because people travel to that town to do the narcos shit right that's crazy fascinating so that's cold personality tourism Cold War, Iron Curtain tourism, nuclear tourism, which I'll get more into, natural disaster areas, most famous kind of off the top of the head are like Pompeii, Mount St. Helens. Medical tourism, which is so fascinating, and I'll get into that too, don't worry. Um, paranormal tourism, again, fascinating. And then fictional dark tourism, which we talked a little bit about with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but seeing mm -hmm. like, this is where Scream was filmed. This is where, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was filmed or whatever. So yeah, that's also interesting. And then the last one that they talk about on the website that they recommend not doing is called <laughs> da Danger Tourism. And I know what you're thinking, right? You're like, what the fuck? But again, that includes like current war zones. People are interested and want to go to current war zones. That's oh something gosh. that people want to do. Or... On the dark tourism episode that I watched, I think it was um, 
the first one uh, with Pablo Escobar, I think it may have been the second one. Anyway, he goes and there are people who want to see what it's like to cross the border. And so they have like to raise awareness about how people are treated when they illegally cross the border. They have like simulations. Oh my goodness. They get attacked by thugs and are shot, like threatened to shot at gun, be shot at gunpoint and all this stuff. It's crazy. That's so wild. So I highly recommend checking that show out because it's very interesting. Yeah. Where is that Um, show uh, found? Netflix, Dark Tourism. It's a, he's either Australian Australian or from New Zealand, but he's a journalist and he's like, I don't know why people, he's like, I'm into the macabre and the morbid. Why are other people into the macabre and the morbid? And it's Mm -hmm. very interesting. Highly recommend. Okay. So we've kind of hinted on it before, but why are people interested in dark tourism? Why do we participate in it? Why do we do it? A couple things. People are fascinated. You know, we've talked, I feel like we've kind of already hit on it, but they're interested. What makes somebody tick? Why did that happen? How did these people react to that situation? Would I be the same if I were in that situation, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the self-reflection one a little bit too. I was just, Mm -hmm. I was looking at the self-reflection one of like, what would I do if I were in that situation? Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because like, I think, um, I mean, not to, to generalize, uh, (laughs) war leaders, uh, to any extent, but just thinking of like some of the big ones like Hitler and Stalin and all those, like, um, Mm -hmm. as compared to serial killers, I'm fascinated in like the brain comparisons for those two. Um, Mm -hmm. just because they're both committing death and crimes just in very different ways. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think one of the biggest things that feels like a catch 22 to people who are just interested in this stuff versus actually doing it is that especially when it comes to killers, so many of them are sociopaths that it's Mm -hmm. like people who are just fascinated with it and like are putting ourselves in their shoes, forget that they literally cannot reciprocate. So like if, if you were to go and like kill a bunch of people and like be diagnosed as a sociopath later and I'm sitting here as your friend being like, oh my gosh, like how could you do it? Like I'm trying to picture doing what you did and like putting myself in your shoes. I don't think I could do it. And you literally would not be able to say I can put myself in your shoes. Like yes. that's the thing that people forget mm-hmm. about sociopathy and psychopathy is that it's, it's literally a lack of empathy and us being fascinated with putting ourselves in the shoes of so, the people who the have shoes. witnessed these it's, crimes it's is being like, empathetic. it's being empathetic. That's why it's so fascinating to us because we mm-hmm. cannot understand what it's like to turn that off. And I think that yes. is a big piece of the fascination, at least for me. Um, because it's like, if the, if the tables were turned, they would not know how to relate to me, (laughs) you know, they wouldn't know how to relate to you, but they might take dark tourism and see it more as like an inspiration. So that's that's to think about too. That's very Um, true. So next bullet point I have is remembrance. I hit on this with the Holocaust a little Mm -hmm. bit and same with nine 11, remembering what those people went through and like thinking about them and being there for them, being mindful for them Mm -hmm. in that moment. Um, I think is important um, and to think about like the self-sacrifice or not even just the sacrifice that they took right? Um, and the heroism that was probably demonstrated in a lot of those situations as well. Um, and then that leads to my next point of what does it mean to be human, right? Because you think about these dark situations that we have, think about, take the Holocaust, for example. We have one facet of humanity with Hitler 
who killed all these people. And then you hear stories of people hiding those that are being persecuted, a completely different side of humanity. Yeah. So thinking about that in the spectrum of what does it mean to be human and why are we this way? Why does one person do one thing and why does another person do another thing? And how can I emulate the people that I want to emulate? Yeah. Uh, I think it's why people get so interested. That's a good way to think about it too, just from like, um, again, not to make it like an us versus them, but like those of us who are just fascinated versus those who actually commit crimes or are involved mm -hmm. in these things. Cause you know, there are also the heroes involved in these stories, right? The, the mm -hmm. firefighters that Absolutely. had to deal with nine 11 and the, the people fighting, uh, in world war two and all that stuff. And, um, the question of what does it mean to be human is so personal and it's so dumb. This is the example that popped into my head and this is by no means a rag on my grandma. She's wonderful, but <laughs> she's more sarcastic than my mom is. And the two of them both wear those, uh, those little uh, cartoon t-shirts that say life is, but my mom's is oh, yeah. the life is good shirts. And my grandma has oh, like yeah. basically a, a knockoff version that says life is crap. <laughs> and, and it just popped into my head because it's like, oh my gosh, you know, you could talk to one person and they might be dealing with the exact same issues as someone else. But their answer is like, I'm doing great. I just did like five more minutes of exercise than I could yesterday. And I like have this food that's on my table for tonight and da da da. And then like you talk to the other person, they're like, oh, I had to exercise extra today. Like I have to eat mm -hmm. this shit that my trainer is telling me to, you know, and like, it's just like such a perspective yes. thing too. It so is. It so is. It's always, and I think sometimes you're just raised to be a certain way of like, oh, I'm just more positive and someone, so-and-so is just more negative. Right. Um, but I took a whole class. I actually took it twice technically because I TA'd for it the second time. Uh, at the Honors College through Arizona State, we have to take a class called the Human Event where we discuss humanity throughout time. Um, and the main question we were like, the first semester was what does it mean to be human and the second semester is what does it mean to be a human society and it's it was a great class and i learned a lot and my favorite professor still teaches it and i mean i took it twice and i got completely different things out of it so i think That's it's just cool. one of those things of you know like that <laughs> i took two years of that classes and i still have no fucking clue what it means to be human right, <laughs> because, right. You know, i mean i think it means something different to everybody else and how you interpret that and seeing that and accepting that and doing research and being in other people's shoes i think can kind of help you better understand what it means to be a human which is a good and plug to try acting <laughs> <laughs> highly recommend it mm -hmm. we did it <laughs> well you still do it i do it i do it in different ways not necessarily on stage but um, <laughs> yeah and that's uh, acting god i miss it every day but <laughs> yes highly recommend <laughs> but yeah the the point of that is yeah definitely using these things to to learn how to empathize better um i see here too you put uh should kids participate this is very interesting. I had an article based on that from the National Geographic that, again, I'll tag. That's like certain people are hired to make the museum or the memorial or whatever, not even just about adult, like make it appropriate for adults, but also, you know, make it appropriate for kids. Mm -hmm. Because I went to the 9-11, so I went to New York in 2004, I believe, 
and then two, I think 2009 and then 2014. Mm-hmm. So I went and saw the 9-11 memorial each time I went. Right. <laughs> and once I was like six and then or I was like eight and another time I was 13, another time I was 19. So how do you make things appropriate for kids? And the 9-11 memorial slash museum, I think is a really great example of that because there are things that kids can see. Like there's a whole wall where kids and adults painted what color the sky was the day mm. of 9-11. It's a whole wall. It's beautiful. And just like little things like that where kids can kind of be involved without completely understanding what happened. And I yeah. think that that's interesting because another great example of dark tourism that we think of as Texans, which makes me laugh, is the Alamo. Right. The Alamo is a dark tourist spot. That is where a very famous fight happened for Texas to gain its independence. It's where many, many Texans and um, Mexicans. Fighting? You can. Was it the Mexicans? It was the Mexicans. The podcast? <laughs> was it, was it, was it the Mexicans. I don't remember. It was the Mexicans. Okay. What was his name? God, it was like engraved. Her. We took people. We took three years of Texas. We history. took so much Texas history. I don't remember his name either. <laughs> so um, Alamo anyway. General <laughs> Mexico. <laughs> We're googling We're Texans. They they need to know. <laughs> Oh, uh, General Antonio Lopez de Santa Ana. They always call him Santa, Santa Ana. Santa Ana. Yeah. That's yeah. It. yeah. So, like, a lot of his men died, too. Mm-hmm. And so it's just interesting because, like, when you go to the Alamo, it's, like, a whole experience. They, you go in fourth grade on, like, a field trip if you live within three hours of the Alamo, <laughs> which is only, like, a fraction of the And everyone was, like, so excited about that trip. And everybody, and then everybody was, like, remember the Alamo? And you wear a hat that Davy Crockett wore. And, like, <laughs> you get you so, like, Texan. River walk. <laughs> like, you're just, you leave there and, like, blue bonnets are sprouting out of your ass because you're just so proud to be a Texan. And it's yeah. fascinating to me because, you know, that's a dark tourist site. Like, people died there. And it's just, you know, kids go. Many, most kids go. So, and I'm sure there's one of those in every state. You know, the Alamo, I feel like, is the most obvious because I'm from Texas. And Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I just pictured, like, Liberty Bell is probably one up north. And, like, you yeah, know, but even I though like that's, the Liberty like... Liberty Bell is more of a symbol. It's a symbol, it is, that's true. Like... Although the dark New England has a ton of battlefields, though, so they get they get that. Oh, might, they might get a little That's difficult right. in like Idaho and stuff, but <laughs> Montana. <laughs> hey, if you're listening in Montana or Idaho, we want to know your dark tourism spots, and we want to go. Oh yeah, we Actually, will go. Um, I have now that leads into I kind of already hit on this. My last bullet point for this is the ethics in dark tourism which is like how to and how not to act and again mm-hmm. i think it has to do with a person's relative relativity to the situation because i would never take pictures in auschwitz absolutely not i mean con but i took pictures of george washington's house yeah. Because it's beautiful and it's amazing. I don't know if that's necessarily a dark tourist site, but I've taken a shit ton of pictures of the Alamo. Pretty sure our Christmas picture was in front of the Alamo <laughs> one year. And we're, we're very Texan. There's also the thing, too. Like, I, I know I keep coming back to this graveyard. It just really stuck with me. But, like, we were, like, intentionally taking pictures throughout the graveyard just to try and catch a ghost on camera. 
that's amazing you know like that's a thing too (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly but like you're distant from those people right because i'm assuming that graveyard's probably really fucking old it's very old in like the 1600s yeah think about it you're like oh whatever they died so long ago it's just ghosts right but and i think again that has to do with like the relativity of things because maybe kids that are kids now are gonna want to take pictures at the 9-11 memorial because they don't remember it right i did don't get me wrong like if you scroll way back on my instagram which if we get super famous and people will <laughs> whatever <laughs> you'll see that i posted like a picture of the it's the actual memorial which is like where the it's basically like a big hole in the ground with everybody's names that died surrounding mm-hmm. it it's like the big square of where both the buildings were right and i posted a picture of that as like a memorial because it's beautiful and I think that's a little bit different than being like, selfie, like, hey, bitch, what's up? So I think it just kind of depends on how <laughs> how people act and how they do certain things. And I just feel like it's common sense. But then again, some people just don't have it. So yeah. darktourism.com has like a whole page on how to and how not to act the dark, t- dark tourist sites. And yeah, pretty much it. Awesome. Okay. Are we ready to go into some examples? Because I have a lot. Let's do it. Okay. So I started, so I did uh, Texas, Arizona, because that's where we both are located. Notable places in the U.S. and the notable places around the world. Mm-hmm. And then that's pretty much it. So Texas, six floor museum and tours. For those of you that don't know, um, Kennedy was shot in Dallas uh, was assassinated in Dallas. And there's an X in the street right, right where he was shot, um, as well as a museum. And then the Dark Tourist TV show actually goes and there's like tours and everything and Jackie Kennedy rides along with you. And That's crazy. I didn't know they had all that. I mean, obviously I knew it was in Dallas, but that's crazy. Very, very interesting. I think I think you can see the car. I think the car is in a museum somewhere. You know what's crazy about that? They still use that car to drive around two more presidents after him. Did they really? They did before wow. they retired it. <laughs> it's, it's the government. You'd think they could buy a new one. I know. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Next place in Texas, El Paso and its relation to Juarez and the border issues. So that kind of goes into the danger tourism. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, ghost tours in Austin. We kind of already hit on the one in Round Rock. There's a downtown ghost tour in Round Rock, Texas, which is north of Austin. But like the Driscoll is super yeah. haunted. Austin has a bunch of them. It's funny. My parents, my mom actually just told me recently that her and my dad both had encounters at the Driscoll and just never told me. Shut up. I want to hear them because I just listened to a podcast that talked about the hauntings of the Driscoll. Yeah. I want to know because I love that. I'm a full believer, not a full believer of all the paranormal. But I 1,000% believe in ghosts. Allison and I want to have a whole episode on, like, our experiences and <laughs> We stuff. have to do a series so, on that. <laughs> whole series on why ghosts are real, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, but, no. yeah, any, any ghost tour in any town is a form of dark tourism. For sure. And I, I know, like, Austin, Texas is kind of a weird city. If anyone, like, who's listening to this is interested in Austin or lives in Austin and wants to hear more about some of that stuff, there's an, a podcast called The Night Owl Podcast, and... And that is like purely um, Texas haunting stories. Shut up. I'm going to listen to that. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And obviously a lot the of them are lights. 
Yes, we should. Yeah. But yeah, that's, uh, that's the night owl podcast. And I think it's, I think it's all of Texas. It might be just central Texas, but they definitely have a couple Austin stories, including one about the tattoo shop above the spider house cafe that is haunted. Um, I did not know what I didn't either. Yeah. There's called. I don't remember the name of the shop, but I oh, look at it every cool. single time I hang out at Spider House and I'm just waiting to see the person standing in the window that they claim to be there. So, oh my God, I have to, I can't wait. I know the stories from the Driscoll. I can't wait to hear what your parents went through. Anyway, yeah. Um, okay. The Alamo, duh. Literally what I wrote in my notes. And then, <laughs> and then another one that I didn't know about is the National Museum for Funeral History in Houston. That is fascinating. I just pictured like and probably them the dis- only cool thing in Houston. <laughs> right. I just pictured them displaying like how casks have evolved over the years. Like yeah, that's what exactly. I pictured. Like, once it was a box and then it was this. But I bet it, there's like a whole bunch of really interesting history on it. Again, being a Gemini, I can really be interested in absolutely anything because I have two sides of me. Whatever. So I again, that's why we kind of started this podcast is because both of us can get into anything and be interested in it. Yeah. So I would be so interested to go there. Okay. Now Arizona, where I currently live, there is the Titan Missile Museum, which I actually have been to. It's in Tucson, and it was like an old, like nuclear research site. Nuclear stuff is always cool. Yeah cool and terrifying terrifying i like to pretend i like to pretend it didn't happen but it did <laughs> so that's that um the airplane boneyard outside tucson if you've ever seen the movie can't buy me love with patrick dempsey highly recommend but that takes place in tucson and they go to the airplane boneyard and uh, it's really cool it's just like retired old airplanes and they have airplanes from like the 1940s to now the it's name just cool. like something about calling it a boneyard just sounds extra creepy to me and made me feel like they're airplane dinosaur skeletons but they're like, I don't think, <laughs> it's just basically abandoned airplanes. I mean, I you can't get in and like walk around in them or anything, but I it's know. very cool. And <laughs> you always see it when you, you know, it's like the landmark of how you know you're getting close to Tucson when you're driving there. It's like, oh, there are the airplanes. Like we're almost there. What I literally so. pictured was like giant dinosaur sized rib cages with airplane wings next to them. <laughs> wow. That's very strange. <laughs> You're just guys are just gonna get what I'm picturing in my head. I'll I'll take you there next time you're here because it's really I'm a fan. We also have haunted hotels such as the Monte Vista in Flagstaff and the San Carlos Hotel in downtown Phoenix, which I used to live behind. Um, Those are both super cool. They do ghost tours. Uh, And then (laughs) I put this in here. So I actually did. I don't know if it's considered dark tourism or what, but I actually did a tour of a jail here in Phoenix. I got like the insider scoop for a class and I went in and like got a tour and like learned about how people did what and like what the nurses did there and all this stuff and it was like a high security like literally the guy that gave us a tour was like yeah this is the floor with all the serial killers and cop killers and like (laughs) these are people that hadn't seen women in so long and they like peered out of their little windows and like stared at us it was fascinating that's crazy so, i don't know i wouldn't count that tourism because i wasn't a tourist i was i was there for a class but it was still super interesting that's why i was laughing when i read that bullet point and you literally <laughs> wrote i toured a jail but like not as a tourist <laughs> I know. here's me doing my notes he <laughs> is watching anime and I'm, I'm just talking so notable places in the u.s we've hit on a couple of these dc huge place for any type of 
any type of history, honestly, regarding the United States. And a lot of people don't know that a lot of those museums are free. Like, I truly did not realize that until I went there. So I always put money in the things because they have, they're amazing museums and they need to be kept up. Yeah. Um, But the Holocaust Museum, we touched on the Museum of Crime and Punishment. Um, The Enola Gay is actually located uh, at the National Air and Space Museum. And the Enola Gay is what dropped the first atomic bomb, which is very tragic. I didn't know they had that there. That's cool. Indeed, I've seen it. That is an example of um, (laughs) my dad took a picture of it. <laughs> well, your pilot. dad is also a pilot and fascinated with planes, so like that makes fascinated sense. Fascinated with planes, he's also a military. He was a military for twenty five years. Yeah. So I think in some ways, even though what maybe the airplane stood for wasn't, you know, I think he just saw. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Please. Please don't hate on my dad. He's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just goes back to your point of being like, you might not feel comfortable taking pictures of, of that, but he mm-hmm. does because it means something different to him. Yeah, and it's and it's not like my dad, like, you know, put up a peace sign and duck lips with it. He was just like, wow, this is the Enola, like, this is the Enola Gay. Right. You know? So, uh, the, in LA, I'm sure there's lots of different places I would love to hear because I don't live too far from LA, but there's the Museum of Death. Um, I don't know very much about it. I want to hear if you guys have gone, I want to hear um, just because yeah. I, I think that that would be really cool. And I guarantee LA has way more than just the museum of death. As oh, well. so many, but yeah, I've heard of that. I've heard good things about that one as well. Have I not have made two. my way there yet. Um, so my next bullet is all of Vegas is a dark, dark tourism spot. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, I was making a joke. But, um, so Zach Baggins from, ghost adventures for ghost hunters i don't remember which one guys. one of them one of them has a haunted museum of haunted artifacts off the strip in vegas and i have gone i went by myself because no one else in my family wanted to go and i was like screw you guys i'm going and it was awesome he had like um like the fact that i think it's awesome but he had like a murder van <laughs> some serial killer and he had so ed Gein. a lot what a lot of people don't know about ed Gein is he actually I think only murdered one or two people he was a grave robber and then would skin the corpses and so when he skinned the corpses he did it over a pot and fucking Zach Baggins has that pot oh my gosh so creepy and it's in a haunted house that he relocated and he has a lot of haunted dolls he has the Dybbuk box the original Dybbuk box from the stories wait well I don't know that story what is that it's 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 a long one. I'm gonna oh, do gosh. another time. Okay, okay. It's, it's a it's a haunted box with the demon in it. Oh shit! It's very cool. Um, but yeah, he has that. That's that was. I highly recommend if you're interested in the macabre, the morbid at all. Um, I I recommend going there. It was super creepy and gave me all the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> like he has he has a whole serial killer room. He has Ted Bundy's glasses. He has paintings from Ed Gein and John Wayne Gacy. So this guy sounds he has like Charlie someone... Manson's like some of Charlie Manson's stuff. He just he sounds like someone who is so interested in this stuff he collected it. Yes, and I mean it helps. I just read something. He has somebody's car. Oh dang. Not, not Ted Bundy's. Ted Bundy's bug is actually in the Museum of Death in LA, I'm pretty sure. Um, but he thought, I'll have to, some serial killer, I was just, oh, David Koresh. Um, David Koresh had a car that he loved, 
and it was destroyed by a tank and then repurposed and sold and Zach Baggins owns it. And for those of you that don't know, I'm, I'm not shitting you, dude. It's on Wikipedia. It's what 1,000% has to be real. Um, David Koresh was the leader of the Branch Davidians, which was a cult in Waco in the 90s that I'm going to do a whole episode on. I'm going to do some research first, but like super fascinating. Yeah, Zach Baggins actually has his car. That's so, wild. Isn't that crazy? Anyway, yeah. So there's Zach Baggins. Uh, a lot of places in New Orleans, which I've never been. Have you been to New Orleans? Yeah, I went once in high school, um, but it's definitely like basically everything is a ghost tour. Like everything, everything is yeah. macabre. Everything's dark. Well, because there's you a lot of like voodoo down there. So like voodoo, it's, and you have Madame Lalaurie. Yeah, there's a lot of weird so. shit. Because a lot of a lot of the people who like migrated to New Orleans since it was a huge port town were from like the Caribbean, where there was a lot yes, of a lot voodoo of and like. I would say more of my familiarity with that is like I went to Haiti for a week um, to work with a friend on some stuff uh, down there uh, with like rebuilding after the hurricane, and mm. um, and like I you did that. Yeah, that whole country, like the the. I don't even know what to call it. Like the deal, I guess, is that supposedly the government of Haiti like promised the country to the devil or something it's in order to like bring Whoa. it prosper prosperity. And so like, wow. that's my understanding of some of the voodoo shit where like why people are so scared of it is like, you know, it's all these smaller Island beliefs of like wow. making deals with the devil in order to get something. And a lot of that culture kind of washed up into new Orleans as you know, the French mm -hmm. and the Caribbean islands mixed wow. and then moved to the port port cities of the Gulf of Mexico in, in the U S like, New Orleans was and the hub just, for that. And then just really blossomed in yeah. New Orleans. That's amazing. Yeah. I've never been. I feel like such a loser because I've never been. I no. want to go so badly. I definitely want to um, go again as an adult because going in high school, uh, yes. you can only do so much. But yeah. yeah. No, are you kidding me? I want to go as an adult. <laughs> yeah. And as a kid. But I, I really like all of that stuff and I'm really interested in it. I already hit on it a million times with the 9-11 Memorial and then the Oklahoma City Bombing Memorial. Any memorial, mm -hmm. I think, is kind of a good dark tourism site um alcatraz totally interesting never been want to go on my list also haunted uh eastern state penitentiary in philadelphia again have never been one of the most haunted places in the united states um and that's why we drink has a really good episode on it interesting um, but so so fascinating it's right by the rocky steps so like really close to each other okay so you can just hit up the Rocky Steps and then go to the Eastern State Penitentiary. And they make it like on a house restaurant and stuff. I, I want to go. Anyway, the Stanley Hotel kind of goes into kind of dark tourism surrounding paranormal, but also mm -hmm. can be a uh, reference to the fictional dark tourism because the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado is actually what The Shining The is Shining. Shopping. That's what, mm -hmm. okay, as soon as you said, as soon as you said fictional, yeah. I was like, oh my God, it's The Shining Hotel. That's it's why I know Shining it. Hotel. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. So it's in Estes Park, just north of Denver. Um, it's, I've never been, but we're talking about honeymooning in Denver. Ooh. And I was like, we could go to the Stanley Hotel. And we're getting married <laughs> around, we're getting married around Halloween time. So I was like, ooh, we could go. And it'll <laughs> <laughs> so anyway i'm a freak um the hindenburg crash site uh i don't actually know where that is but i, I know people can go visit and see where that is um the Ye yellowstone which i think please delete this yellowstone's in montana right yeah 
Okay, good. So the Yellowstone National Park, which is in Montana, a lot of people like to go because of the volcano that's under it. So they just like that, that counts, I guess, because it could like explode at any minute. Explode at any moment. Which, in theory, all of California is a dark tourism site because it could yeah. fall over the ocean at any minute. Jeez. So there's that. And then the last one I've listed, which I know there's so many, I kind of just did the ones that like I'm familiar with because of the places that I've been, but also just kind of like what the website recommended, darktourism.com. Um, and it's the USS Arizona Memorial in Hawaii, which is the memorial that's actually on top of the sunken USS Arizona ship. Mm. And you like take a boat out and go on the memorial. There's still oil coming up from the boat on the water. There's still bodies that are encased and um, they have a list of everyone that died on the ship. And then if, if um, a Navy, if a Naval officer or if someone on the ship that survived dies now and wants to be buried with his crewmates they do a whole ceremony for it oh my goodness that's cool amazing amazing um so that's it's just kind of like a big mass grave really on a boat it's yeah um that's the united states you want to add any i added a lot i like stuff clearly (laughs) no i thought those were good um I'm I'm not having anything come to mind right now. I'm sure there's plenty more. If people want to add to the list, feel free to send them in. And at the end I said, like, tell me more, tell me recommendations. Another one that just came to mind is like Roswell and area 51 in New Mexico. Um, And I'm sure there's more the Bridgewater triangle, which is kind of on the Eastern side of the United States. I wonder uh, if like visiting the wards, like visiting the wards of Katrina, I know, I know that's uh, New Orleans, but that's like not related to the, you know, the catacomb or that's not related to the voodoo stuff. That's more of like the hurricane Katrina thing. No, um, I, I bet so. Cause I, I did, mean, I did do that. I, I visited, I visited the ninth ward, which was like the worst hit or whatever. Wow. And it was like, it was crazy imagining there that's... having ever been buildings there. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I definitely think that would be a kind of dark tourism and just to see like, holy crap, like this was once this and now it's nothing. Yeah. Um, Okay, so places in the world. Again, I did, I got this from a website of best dark tourism destinations in the world, um, which I'll link as well as just things that I kind of came up with based on the dark tourism show that I watched and then just kind of um, thoughts that I had. The Paris catacombs. There's also catacombs in a lot of European countries, not just Paris. I think that's Paris exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, they definitely have them through Edinburgh, too. That was like, <laughs> at least the way they described it to us in Scotland was like, there. it was almost like a way for them to get rid of a lot of the poorer people in the city was to like have those people have basically a city under the city. Um, and then especially when the plague hit, that's when the catacombs really started fucking up like with, with hauntings and stuff, because basically like the poorest people got it first usually. And so they would just seal off your room. Like if you were in, if you were in the catacombs, living in the catacombs or you had a shop down there or something and they knew you got the plague, they would just straight up like concrete, or like oh my God. brick you, up you your win. room while you were in there. Yeah. While and then you, you just, like, yeah. While um, you in that Edgar Allan Poe story. Yeah. I think it's the cask of Amontillado. Exactly that. Yeah. If I'm wrong, let me know, please let me know. But wow. I didn't know that. I've never been, I've never been to a catacomb. Um, I was too scared to go but, into them. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. I don't know if I, when I went to the Zach Baggins haunted museum, there were rooms I didn't go into like, yes. Yeah. I didn't go into the box. Of, I didn't go into the room with the Dybbuk box because that thing is fucked 
fucking Inside. I'm like, gonna Google that after. Very and... doll that I think. No, oh, and we could talk about it. It's so fascinating. Um, yes. anyway, but yeah, like there are some rooms I just didn't go into because I was like, I'm good, thank you though. Right. Uh, obviously, I mentioned this earlier, Auschwitz. I would really like to visit Auschwitz. I think it's important to humanity for you to see what people went through and to like again be mindful and go holy fuck people went through this yeah and like how can i better who i am as a person based on what i saw to like kind of memorialize these people Mm -hmm. you know and people that have been through similar situations i really would like to go to auschwitz again i feel like i just have a calling and another concentration camps as well i would like to visit not because i think it's okay but because i think it's my duty as a human especially because we forget but the Holocaust was not even a hundred years ago. No, there's people who are still alive that fought in that war. Like, <laughs> you yes, know, <laughs> there are people who still have the tattoos. Yeah. Concentration camps that are still living. My today. grandma's friends in school. My grandma grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Like her friend, like she had friends who were basically like escaped or rescued from Germany that she went to school with that had the tattoos on their arms. That is it goes towards remembrance and upkeep i think that that's important as well yeah okay nuclear tourism we have chernobyl and fukushima japan Mm -hmm. um which fukushima japan for those of you that don't know i believe it was in 2009 or 2011 a tsunami hit the coast of japan or an earthquake hit then a tsunami came which then destroyed a nuclear power plant and it is now like a very dangerous Still zone fucked. for people yeah. to be in. And it's the same with Chernobyl. There's like dogs coming out of there with like three heads. And there's a show called Dark that actually is associated with that on Netflix too. Very interesting. <laughs> Not to get all conspiracy-ish, <laughs> but I was just talking to my friend last week about Chernobyl and I didn't know. Maybe I was just not woke, but um, I was... <laughs> I was <woke. laughs> I didn't realize that the reason Chernobyl happened was because... I think he, my friend said it was like seven or nine years prior to the actual like breakdown that caused the explosion. Um, there was a scientist that was in there. He was working for the Soviet Union. He was like one of the engineering people and uh, he noticed the fault and he like told his superiors like, hey, we need to fix this because otherwise there's going to be some really bad stuff happening. And they threw him in a work camp and worked him to death because Soviet reactors don't fail. And after that happened, obviously seven or nine years later or whatever, it broke down and they like tried so hard. And I knew this part, but they tried so hard to not get the, like, let the news get out that the Soviet reactors failed. And the only reason any of the rest of us know about it to this day is because one of their reporters like escaped and was able to tell media outside of the Soviet Union. That sounds, that, that wouldn't surprise me. Which would suck, right? Because what if you're just like, what if they didn't get the news out and like people just decided to travel through there for whatever reason and then like they're coming out with four eyes or whatever, you know? Like it's Yeah, having babies with seven arms. Yeah, Yeah, I know. I it makes you wonder what else people are hiding from us, the normal people. And then you get very into conspiracies and things get very scary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So but um those are there's probably other nuclear examples. There was I think I thought I wrote it down. 
Oh, yeah. Bikini Atoll in the Marshall Islands is actually where mm. the U.S. tested their nuclear weapons. Interesting. I had never heard of that. So there's yeah. another one for you. We also have the Japan Suicide Forest. Oh, my gosh. I that's so dark. I did not write down the name of the suicide forest. He goes in Dark Tourist. And it's it's basically eerie because one of the theories behind it is the trees are so close together that there's, like, no wind and it's, like, eerily quiet. But people do go there to kill themselves. And, like, there are volunteers who go into the forest and retrieve bodies, like, once every six months. Yeah. And, like, they have to do that. And, like, some of them don't get found even because it's just so yes. dense. Yeah. Mm-hmm fascinating and like but like a lot of the stuff is left like on dark to on the show dark tourist there's like a noose hanging from a tree and and the journal the journalist is like obviously kind of taken aback i would be t- i was taken aback looking at it i was like holy crap you know but then i think i might be wrong but wasn't there some youtuber that like yes let's do that uh, it got like that's an example of how not to act yeah let's reset your mic really fast again How's that? There you go. Yay. Good. Yeah, no, you're you're right. There was a there was a YouTuber who got slammed because he was in the suicide forest filming a selfie video, just being like, We're exploring the forest. And then he found a body and like reacted in like the weirdest way by like filming it. And like obviously he was scared, but like you don't do that. You don't post that video either. <laughs> Here's an example of how not to act in a dark tourist destination (laughs) especially one that like i would consider that an active dark tourist destination like you know like auschwitz is a no longer active dark tourist situation whereas the suicide forest is an ongoing issue that the country of japan is trying to handle (laughs) exactly it's not it's not a joke yeah you know this stuff isn't a joke we're laughing about it and we're making jokes about some situations but auschwitz isn't funny right japan suicide forest isn't funny you know, it's just <laughs> quote of the episode. Auschwitz isn't funny. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. We should put it on a t-shirt. That's going to be the title. <laughs> Auschwitz isn't funny. Tourism. That's hilarious. Anyway, <laughs> which, um, and you being a comedian, I feel like you're really good at finding the humor in most things, but you know, I've, you know, I I've heard, I've been to so many open mics and heard so many nine 11 jokes <laughs> at this point. It's just Is like it too soon. I don't know. <laughs> no. Okay. To give you an example of comedians not understanding too soon. My Twitter was full of dead Kobe Bryant jokes the day he died. Oh, like, no. it's, oh, Kobe. I know. So, so sad. <laughs> and that's an example of people using humor to cope with themselves being upset <laughs> which is true and and please don't get me wrong like i use humor to cope as well yeah but sometimes you cross the line but the difference is is we cross the line you're like okay sorry i crossed the line or you don't apologize and you respect that person for having their beliefs or whatever right. but anyway back to this i got a couple fun, more yeah yes, a couple more we're powering through pompeii um which yep. there are actually like traveling shows that have like cat casts of people protecting their children and like yeah. laying on the ground. That's one of the coolest ones, right? Because like oh. the volcanic ash naturally, it like sealed them. Like it, mm-hmm. it made like a natural tomb it, for everyone. It literally made like it mummified, not mummified in the sense that they're like wrapped, but yeah. they were essentially mummified. And this um, article that I referenced at the beginning from the Washington Post actually has a picture of it. It's very interesting. 
and I would love to go to Pompeii. Just Me to, too. I've always thought volcanoes were interesting because who doesn't? It's magma from the earth. That's amazing. They freak but, me out, man. But yeah, they're cool. Yeah, they're cool. Uh, another one that I feel like being an American isn't discussed very much is Hiroshima and mm-hmm. Nagasaki Peace Memorials. Um, so I read that 120 226,000 people died in both cities as a result of the atomic bomb. <laughs> and we live in a very biased country. Yeah. Um, you know, and we know 9-11 and how many people died then and all these different attacks on our country, including obviously the horrible attacks um, at Pearl Harbor. But I just feel like it's so glanced over. Oh, yeah. They don't give yeah. us those death tolls at all. Two hundred. Um, it could be up to 230,000 people died. Yeah. Like, and that was, was that Peaceful like direct people. impact? Peaceful people. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't include everything else. So Yeah. Yeah, peace, you know, c- civilians. Yeah. So, and and that's often forgotten. It, I felt like, especially thinking, you know, looking back on it, I just feel like we really glanced over that. And granted, For sure. we, grew up, we grew up in Texas. Yeah, so America's amazing, yeah. Taught in a certain way. Like, I remember in Texas, we had a chapter in our seventh grade Texas history book on the KKK. It was one paragraph and they talked and they were like, these are people that just had different beliefs and didn't believe like yeah. that is it. Yeah. On the KKK. <laughs> what the fuck? And that dude, was just. Dude, again, tangent. There's definitely a cozy corner cafe near uh, like near Abilene and it's spelled with K's and that's where the KKK that is active to this day meets. <laughs> that is scary. I have yeah. Do you remember uh, Mr. Turner? He yeah. Was a world history teacher. Did, did you have him? No. So he was a, I think he was, I'm pretty sure, he definitely was black, if not like half black, half something else. But like, mm-hmm. he actually showed us one day in class. He's like, I talked to these people. I have an application for the KKK. They let black people in. And he, I still remember that. That was a long time ago. <laughs> Nolan Turner was woke. Okay. Oh my I gosh. Love that man. That's the trolliest that thing man. that he could have done. <laughs> he's amazing. He was an amazing teacher. I learned so much from him. I hope he's out there. Mr. Turner, you were awesome. What's up, dude? That's <laughs> so funny. I still remember you. You were great. You don't remember me, but that's okay. That's so like, funny. He's so great. Yeah, he like had a KKK application and showed it to us. He was woke. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, my seventh grade Texas history book was not. <laughs> so okay, back to the last last one that I have written down um, is the Killing Fields of Cambodia, which so I haven't I had, heard of. I've yeah, never heard of them. So I wrote, I did a little paragraph from this link uh, from that I'll tag. Um, it says the so-called killing fields are about 300 places in Cambodia where mass murders were committed. Excuse me. Here under the order of Cambodian dictator Pol Pot, more than 100,000 people were killed. One of the most famous killings is of, I'm going to butcher this, so I'm going to spell Chong Ek, maybe? Chong Ek, C-H-O-E-U-N-G space E-K. Mm-hmm. So that's the name of one of the most famous fields. From 1975 to 1979, over 17,000 people were killed there. At the memorial, you can see a showcase of more than 5,000 5, skulls from some of the casualties. So he just, like, the, the dictator just hated his people and, and killed them? Like, that's, I, I mean, it sounds like a genocide to me. And yeah. you know, there was a lot of genocide happening in 
Africa and other parts, which we, I'm sure you can go into. I'm curious, like why. what? Yeah, because I'm I'm just not super familiar with the different ethnicities in Southern Asia. So like that's and, it must have just been one of those which just quote unquote right, but it must yes. have been something like that. Yeah, and I think that part of that again is being who we are and the people we're from and. I want to get more information and I want to understand more, but yeah, I had never heard of this and there's a picture on the website that I was referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I actually was listening to Cambodia to, or about Cambodia today. Um, That's wild. So I wonder if it has to do anything to do with the Vietnam war. Cause it says from 1975 to 1979, yeah. I was just listening to a podcast today where it talked about how the U S invaded Cambodia in the 1970s. So fucked up, yeah. That's the other version, right? Is like everyone's a hero for fighting in the Vietnam War when like we shouldn't have been there to begin with. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that was the issue. I was actually listening um to give you a time. I was listening my favorite murder did uh the Kent State Massacre today which had to do with them, gotcha. the United States uh essentially invading and attacking neutral Cambodia. Yeah. Um which I don't know a ton of information I got that from the podcast I was listening to today. And again, I'm not an expert, um, but I just think that that's really interesting. And again, you know, that's just another place that someone might want to visit. I don't know how safe, I don't know if that, I don't know. Do people visit Cambodia? You can go to Cambodia, but I think it would, if it's one of those things, it might be good to just check into the safety of going to those actual yes. fields. Cause that feels like it's still probably a fresh wound. I, I bet um, it is. Um, I, I really don't know. I don't know much about um, like Southern Asia or even yeah. parts of Africa or India. I'm very, I mean, the truth is, is I'm just completely novice. And, and well, cause again, it's like you said, places. I mean, if you're, if you're all the way on this side of the world, like they do a really good job of not talking about those places. So well, in our, in our media here likes to focus on here. Right. Which <laughs> so. makes sense. I mean, it's more immediate to us here, but at exactly. the same time, it's good to know uh, this is going to be a morbid conclusion that I was thinking of, but it's like, <laughs> it's good to know people all around the world can be shitty. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, no, I think that's true. And I, I think that that's important to recognize and, I, <laughs> but there's also a lot. There's yes, also a people, lot more people who are good everywhere. Yes. So <laughs> the bad guys take the you know the bad guys cover every all of the good people, but there's a lot more good people in the world, and I think that that's really important to think about <laughs> and remember. And I think that you can still be interested in this stuff and still want to do these things and still be a good person. I think yeah. that's really important because you know I. Sometimes I feel guilt or shame because I'm like, you know, how many people do you know know so much about fucking Ted Bundy? And you are definitely my most knowledgeable friend on those. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's not necessarily something I'm proud of. It's just something I'm interested in. Yeah. Um, But I don't idolize those people. I'm just fascinated by them. And And there is a difference. People who study Hitler aren't necessarily neo-Nazis. Right. They're just fascinated with him and understanding what made him tick and what made him do these things. And I think that's why dark tourism is so popular right now is because of the technology and the capability of people to go and do these things Mm -hmm. and have the access to do so. And we're both of you and I are in a very fortunate position in our lives where we're able to do those. I mean, think about the things we talked about today and how many of them we've done. Yeah. Edinburgh and we went to London and Dublin and, and we went to DC we are so fortunate to be able to do those things to help better understand ourselves. But I think it's important, especially as white middle to upper class women 
to try to place ourselves in the shoes of other people instead of becoming coming off as patronizing it's not like, patron oh, yeah they're, they're. coming from a place of like patronizing or pity is not the way to go about it it's no and that's and i hope that's not how we came off by any means because yeah i i just think that that's incredibly disrespectful and i want to respect everybody the best that i can and i'm not perfect because you know i'm not all-knowing i've never been in the shoes of everybody i've just been in my own shoes right but i can definitely try to be in other people's shoes and Absolutely. i think you can too and so that's that's what i really like about dark tourism and i think it's so fascinating i mean i really do i could talk about it for days and days and days because it's just so cool and there's just so much fascinating stuff out there that i had no idea about and i just want to learn more and more and more yeah basically every single one of these episodes we've done it's like added extra things on our list of other episodes to cover (laughs) which is good but that's why this podcast is so cool because we can talk about literally anything yeah there's so much i want to talk about you know there's just so much i want to learn and not being in school has been hard for me because i've really missed that element of learning Mm -hmm. especially when a lot of my information comes from like facebook or yeah you know the news is just so biased so trying to find a little bit of everything it's hard yes and i really i want to interview people and i want to talk to others and, and really try to just see what their opinions are on certain things but absolutely yeah, that's, that's it for dark tourism that's dark tourism really, yeah i want to hear what you what recommendations you have allison and i both really like to travel obviously we're not right now because it's COVID 19 season but we both really like to so tell us the dark tourists or even cool not even dark tourists just cool places to visit in your town or your city or your country we want to go we want to experience it um because we we've done a lot of traveling together and i'm hoping we'll do a lot more traveling together in the future we for sure will and that was the last thing i wanted to add is just like even if you're not in the position to be able to travel across the world to see some of this stuff we have the internet and you probably actually have a lot more hometown stories than you're aware of yeah so like use those tools at your disposal talk to the older people in your community and like see what they remember and know because just us talking about our little town in texas is a great example there's so much shit here and there's so much (laughs) And yeah, and like I go to, I mean, I've driven through hundreds of small Texas towns who all have their own little historical center of some sort. So like, even if you can't travel somewhere, you still have the opportunity to learn right about where you're at right now. Yes, exactly. And we want to hear all of that on social media um reach out to us we'll probably create an email at some time (laughs) Um, we want to hear all that stuff so let us know absolutely and thank you guys so much for listening this has been all is on with the allisons (laughs) indeed it has we'll see you soon